Welcome to MoCo's Most Famous, uh, coming to you from our studios in Rockville, right near the train tracks. Uh, engineer Carolyn Raskowskis is with us today, and our special guest, the mayor of Gaithersburg, technically the mayor of the city of Gaithersburg. I didn't want you to correct me. Judd Ashman is here. Welcome to the show, Judd. How are you? I'm great and delighted to uh, realize that I qualify as being famous. Well, you de- definitely are famous. And and I told you before we uh, started recording that uh, last podcast was uh, Katie Ledecky, sir, in very good company. No pressure, by the way. Oh, my goodness. I love Katie Ledecky. Are I, you? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. No, I just I, I have nothing but pride and admiration for Katie. I hope she you know, she's listening or, or, or I hope she's aware of this in some way. <laughs> <laughs> so we have lots to talk about, about the city of Gaithersburg. Uh, lots going on as usual. One of the big things, uh, you got a Wawa coming to Gaithersburg, not first in Gaithersburg, first in Montgomery County in the history of Montgomery County. I know that it, there was, it came with some controversy. Some people love Wawa and some people who maybe live in the neighborhood don't want the Wawa there, but it's coming, isn't it? It's coming. And I think the opposition was less based on Wawa itself and more based on change by it right. because the opposition came from the immediate neighbors. Right. And so and, and it's the typical kind of pedestrian safety, environment, traffic. It's it's across the street from Gaithersburg High School. Correct. Right? right? Yes. So what what kind of complaints have you heard about it? Yeah, I mean, it was everything from traffic and pedestrian safety to environmental concerns to mm-hmm. concerns about light, because Wawa's are, are sort of famous for being very well-lit uh, businesses, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you're living immediately next door to it, could be annoying if the light's sort of seeping over to your property. Um, in this case, there there will be sort of a forested buffer between the next house and the Wawa. So we don't necessarily see that as an issue. But traffic, traffic it, even without the Wawa, traffic is complicated at 355, particularly during rush hour um, and when school immediately lets out. So um, those were the concerns. Um, we did get some concerns from other gas stations who – uh, we're, we're are worried about being priced out of the of the market, and and I get that, uh, but it's not necessarily the the job of the mayor and council to keep competition out of the city of Gaithersburg. You know, good businesses, everyone should have an opportunity to compete in the city of Gaithersburg. But you're excited overall about the the prospect of having a Wawa in in your in your city. I I am excited, and I'm I'm even. I'm even more excited to see the buzz that this has caused throughout the county, mm-hmm. uh, not just within the city, um, it, because besides the immediate neighbors, there were a lot of people in favor of the Wawa in the city. But I, but we we certainly got comments from people from from all over the county who are who are excited about it, and so I'm excited. It's I grew up in in Miami, and we did not have Wawa, so it's not something that that I grew up with. But but some of my colleagues grew up with Wawa and are so psyched. Now, the city of Gaithersburg is not a small city. It's the second largest incorporated city in Montgomery County next to Rockville and the fourth largest in, in Maryland. Am I? I would beg to differ. Oh. Um, and maybe my colleague Bridget Newton from Rockville would okay. and I would, would have a disagreement on this. But Gaith, the, the latest estimates are that it's Baltimore, Frederick, Gaithersburg, then Rockville. We have a change in the rankings. This yes. is big and this might be controversial. You thought the <laughs> Wawa was controversial. This is going to be controversial. We love our colleagues in Rockville, but there is a friendly rivalry uh, but this one was actually based on census estimates that that Gaithersburg overtook Rockville a couple of years ago. 
Really? Okay. Well, that's very interesting. And uh, so you, you talked about the friendly friendly rivalry. I was going to talk about this later, but because you brought that up, and I know you you like uh, you like uh, Twitter. City of Rockville and the city of Gaithersburg have a friendly little thing going back and forth. City of Rockville, they call themselves the Pity of Shockville, and Gaithersburg is the city of Ghostburg. Can you explain that? <laughs> well, I think that's those are uh, Halloween. Halloween. It's just yes, Halloween sure, stuff. Sure. But it goes it goes long it goes far beyond just like holidays in any given year. I mean, we periodically will joke, you know, that w- that when it snows out, we should all have a big snowball fight across Shady Grove Road, <laughs> um, which would be hysterical. Uh, there, you know, there was a little bit of of controversy a, a few years ago when the old uh, Great Indoors site on on the south side of Shady Grove Road. Mm-hmm. Um, Petitioned the city of Gaithersburg for annexation, and and we ended up annexing them. It was a, it's sort of the first piece we have on that side of, of Shady Grove, and um, some of the Rockville council members, not not the mayor, but some of the council members, spoke out and were upset about it. But they came to us. I mean, what what are we going to do? So there won't be any kind of civil war between the two cities, correct? <laughs> no, no. There's and, there's much more friendliness than there is. And I'm also picturing the scene from Anchorman where there's maybe like a duel. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> I love it. I love it. We should try to stage that, even if it's even if it's fake. We it's that would be so great. Okay, so we talked about the Wawa uh, Royal Farms. Uh, you mentioned uh, before we recorded that there's a hearing coming up this month. So what are the prospects of also having Royal Farms uh, coming to the city of Gaithersburg? Yes, um, Royal Farms has an application to build a site right, ne- right near the, the new, currently uh, being constructed Watkins Mill Interchange. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be on the 355 side of, uh, of Watkins Mill. And part of the new spectrum, or the it's not that new anymore, but but the relatively new spectrum uh, community. That's where the the uh, Royal Farms would be. So on October twenty first, uh, there will be a public hearing on this, and we look forward to hearing public comments and seeing how this process goes. I don't know if you're in the business of uh, odds making, but uh, what, what would you say the chances of uh, of that succeeding? The Royal Farms coming here to Gaithersburg as well. It's hard to to know for sure, sure. Uh, but it doesn't. The advantage that that application has over the Wawa application is there there aren't an active group of or there's not like a long standing established community that's next to this site where people would necessarily where the objections would necessarily come from. Uh, so I don't anticipate that much in the way of objections here, but who knows? We're we're gonna go approach it with an open mind and we'll see how the hearing goes. All right, so Lake Forest Mall. I would love to get an update from you. Uh, the Penny's closed, Sears closed. Uh, I believe it was at Starbucks, uh, a few others. So it's been sitting there. And when when will that change? When will we see some develop there? I, I know a, 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 um, a developer in South Carolina bought it also. But when will we see something happening at Lake Forest Mall? Yeah. So let me just give you some background because mm-hmm. that's that's a complicated story. Yeah. So when you look at Lake Forest Mall, it looks like it's one property. Yeah. But in essence, it's five properties. Right. And each property has its own owner and that they have what's called a reciprocal easement agreement, which means that if any one of them wants to make a change to their property, they have to have permission for all the from all the others, which is why Lake Forest has been in stalemate for decades and has sort of been decaying. Um, 
So this group, WRS from South Carolina, bought the core part of the mall, and they announced their intention to try to acquire the other parcels. And if they can acquire all the other, other parcels, then then essentially they'll have control over the whole property and they can work with the city on a, a new development agreement and, and we can figure out what it is we want to see there. Uh, so we have an agreement with WRS at this moment that basically says the city's not going to do it. We're going to we're going to give them five or six months to uh, acquire these other parcels and come to the table. And if they do, then in five or six months, we're going to work out a we're going to attempt to work out a development agreement with them. We're hopeful that they can do it. If they don't do it, the city may un- separately undergo um, its own master planning exercise to so that when somebody is finally able to acquire all the pieces. Uh, they'll have a better idea of what the city's looking for on that big, important parcel. I would think it'd be hard to be hopeful, but are are you hopeful that something can be worked out in our lifetime? <laughs> I am hopeful. I'm. Uh, it's it's my number one priority for the city of Gaithersburg because I think when people look at the opportunities uh, for the city of Gaithersburg, we obviously we see enormous successes on the west side, um, on Ketlands and Lakelands and Crown and Rio, whether it's residential or whether it's commercial, uh, we just see these great enormous successes. And we want to also see these on the on the east side, which happened to have been, all of which happened to have been developed much earlier under, you know, less stringent development standards. And, and so there's this divide, to, to, you know, on one side of 270, the other side of 270. I think a if we do the right redevelopment with Lake Forest, it can catalyze the whole east side of Gaithersburg and just be an amazing driver of progress on that side of Gaithersburg. What keeps you up at night, <clears throat> excuse me, as mayor? Well, actually, Lake Forest is the number one thing that keeps me up at night as mayor. I'm always interested in it's not always easy to see what the what the best course of action is on a particular issue. You know, we we want to strike a balance of having Gaithersburg be uh, the most livable, fun, but also economically thriving place that it can be, and um, it's just not always easy. But I but the one thing that's kept me up at night is Lake Forest. And what's the thing that makes you smile the most? Uh, something that you, the city, has accomplished? Something that you're really proud of? I, I have a feeling I might know, but maybe I don't. <laughs> well, uh, you may be thinking about the book festival, yeah, yeah. and that does always bring a smile to my face. Uh, but I think more broadly, the fact that Gaithersburg is always ranked in the in the top of the most diverse cities in the United, mm-hmm. the United States. And it's not an accomplishment per se. It's not like where you go on Amazon, you say, I want some more Bangladeshis and I want some more Chinese. It's not like that. Uh, But it just so happens that the circumstances were were right in our city to attract so many people from so many different places. And to wake up every day and be mayor of a place like that is just the greatest honor you could imagine. So. And in this day and age, with everything that's happening with immigration and the president and all the things that uh, that we read about in the papers, that I would think makes you even extra pr- more more proud. It does. Um, it's it's like it's almost like, you know I, as I mentioned before, I grew up in Miami, Florida, and Miami is a, a culturally diverse place. In fact, as a, as a white guy, I'm kind of a I was kind mm-hmm. of a minority in Miami, mm-hmm. but. It's sort of self-segregated. Like if, if you were to ask me in Miami, like where 
Where do the mm-hmm. Haitian people live? I could point to a neighborhood. Or where do South American people live? I could point to a neighborhood. When I came to D.C. originally and then and then to Gaithersburg, what was remarkable to me was that everybody lives everywhere. And I, I just feel like it's such a benefit to all of our residents and our kids. My, my kids went to uh, Brown Station Elementary and Kingsview and Quince Orchard, and they they had friends of every kind, every kind, every color, every orientation, and it was just amazing for them. So I, I feel like we're so lucky, and we almost don't even know it until we leave the area. It's not just Gaithersburg. I, I Obviously, I'm Gaithersburg-centric, but right. it's it's Montgomery County is all this way. You don't really realize it till you're, you're elsewhere, and then you're like, something doesn't feel right. That's so, yes, we are so lucky. That's a great point. And you actually anticipated my next question about being Gaithersburg-centric, which you kind of have to be as the mayor of the city, but you also have to look broadly at the county and the state. So what what is it about Montgomery County that you think uh, makes Montgomery County so great, not just Gaithersburg? We have tremendous advantages in Montgomery County. Obviously, we're very close to um, we're close to D.C., and there's a lot of um, interesting and unique things going on in D.C. That, and when I say unique, I mean literally unique. They're not going on anywhere else in the country. Um, there are industries. There are things that are sort of inherent to this area that are advantageous. Montgomery County has a tremendous school system. Again, you know, having grown up in Miami, Florida, where I, I feel like our school system was vastly inferior to the Montgomery County Public Schools, um, it makes the county a very desirable place. I think the county has done overall a very good job of balancing its development. I'm not saying that, that we don't have a lot of traffic and we don't have overcrowded schools. We, we certainly do. But there's always been attention paid, and particularly in, in, well, I should say in more recent years, the county paid attention to things like green space and recreational opportunities and uh, the ag preserve and, and things that balance the, uh, the dense, more de- dense developments. And um, I think there's, there's a great deal of uh, educated people and culture. So to me, it's just, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to live. Um, when I get to Gaithersburg specifically, um, and even other some other places in Montgomery County, one of the reasons I think Gaithersburg got to be so as diverse as it is is because we have neighborhoods of all that sort of fit all kinds of different budgets, from the very very high end at Crown to more affordable like sort of market rate affordable housing in Old Town. So people coming, you know, people with all kinds of different jobs from all different backgrounds and with all different experiences see Gaithersburg and they find some neighborhood that that sort of fits with them. So all these things combined make it fantastic place to be. We are talking to Judd Ashman, the mayor of the city of Gaithersburg, having a very enjoyable, interesting conversation. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to take talk about GBF, the Gaithersburg Book Festival, and a lot of other fun stuff. So stay with us. MCM, your community media center, is making Montgomery County a great place to live through programs like 21 This Week. Montgomery County's hardest-hitting political talk show keeps you up to date with the local political scene. 
Montgomery Community Media. Our middle name is Community. We're back on MoCo's Most Famous with the mayor of the city of Gaithersburg, Judd Ashman, and we are having a very good conversation, and it's about to get better because we're uh, recording this on a Friday, and Friday nights in the fall means what, Judd? Quince Orchard High School football. You go to uh, quite a few, <laughs> all the games? Well, I go to most. Okay. Um, there, I try to go to all. There are occasions where, where life gets in the way, but um, my, 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 I started going... 15 years ago, uh, my son was – my kids went to Quince Orchard. My son played on the team. Um, he was on varsity for a couple years. And I fell in love with that – with the atmosphere, um, the, the the people of the community. Uh, you know, we they, they have this sort of gentlemanly, uh, mellifluous um, uh, announcer, mm-hmm. uh, Lee Ferris, who does a great job, just makes, makes it a, a really special thing. Um, and of course, the football is really, really high quality. I think in the past of the of the last fifteen years, when I've been going to games, they've been to I believe seven state title mm-hmm. games in that period of time. So virtually every other year, they're they're in the final. Um, so it's been just a delightful part of my life, and my 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 Friday nights are are there, and I, I just feel like there's there's nothing there's very little I'd rather be doing. And uh, you beat that other team, uh, Damascus, uh, who was dominant for a while, and now it seems like it's QO's turn last year, and then this year uh, beat. Uh, I can't remember the score. Was it twenty one fourteen or something to that? It was twenty one seven. Twenty one seven. Okay. And yes, Damascus is one of the perennial powerhouses. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, they don't. They're not in the same division right. as QO. So we so we play, but we hadn't played in three years because Damascus, because of the population of the school, had gone down to two A. And I don't think they let two A's play four A's. Mm-hmm. Um, so three years went by, we hadn't played them, but they had Damascus had 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 a bunch of wins in a row against Quince Orchard. So it was very satisfying to see us um, take it. And Damascus is really good. They have two guys on the defensive line who are committed to Clemson right, right now. And one of them is the number one recruit in the entire country. Correct. Uh, so, and, and you beat them. So that had to be satisfying for you as a QO fan. And you, I know you go with your family. Uh, wife and kids go to the games too, right? Well, no, actually, uh, they used to. Oh, okay. Um, they've grown out of it, and I okay, strangely you still have go. not. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. keep on coming. You're the... I, there, I have a I have a group of people that that go with me. Okay. But... So you're not alone. Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm not that sort of weird guy alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now uh, high school football is not uh, your only uh, sport. Uh, I, I know you follow other sports. I know you tweeted about the, the Mystics winning the WNBA championship last night. So you're you're a sports fan. In I general. am. I am. Uh, I love to, I love to see the uh, the local teams do well. Um, I my favorite sports are, are football, basketball, and boxing. Actually, baseball. I love to see the Nats. If the Nats weren't in it, I'd probably be paying no attention at all mm-hmm. to baseball. And the Mystics, just yeah. it, how great is that? That was amazing. I was actually there last night at the game, and it was it was a really cool thing. You know, uh, not every city has a women's professional basketball team, and to see this one with two of the best player, Elena Deladon is the MVP, but uh, that, that was really cool. That had to be amazing. It was, and I hope the city embraces it. Sometimes women's sports don't obviously get the respect that men's sports do and that they should get, but I'm hoping that this changes things a little bit. I so. hope so, too. 
And hopefully the you know the performance of the women's World Cup soccer team yes. gets some more interest in the Washington spirit, which plays right here in Germantown. Right, and and you have a, this is a huge soccer area. So um, how important is soccer to uh, to Gaithersburg? Very important. I mean, we obviously we have our our own rec leagues, but we have soccer fields, recreational soccer fields that people can just you rent out or or use if if when they're uh, when they're open and. They get a lot of usage in the city. We were talking about sports. We I, I didn't want to forget the Nats, of course, the night before uh, the greatest moment in Nats history. Now, I actually stayed up, and I'm very proud of that because I'm usually the guy that falls asleep in the third inning and then sometimes wakes up for the end of the game, but sometimes not. This time I stayed up and watched the Howie Kendrick Grand Slam. I'm putting you on the spot. Were you awake? I was that? awake. Yes, I was awake. Yes, I could. Frankly, I couldn't believe it got to that point that we got Neither the two homers I. in a row to to tie the game off Kershaw yes. Hall of Famer back to back pitches. That's, Come on. That just couldn't happen. That's no. impossible. I don't know how it happened. Except if it's in L.A. and it's a Hollywood script, right? There you go. And seven miles. I checked this. Seven miles from the Hollywood sign, Dodger Stadium. So there is your Hollywood script. Okay. And Howie Kendrick, who was. Kind of uh, the goat, uh, three errors in the series, uh, wasn't hitting well, and uh, and then he comes up with this grand. Now slam. he becomes the goat greatest of all time. There you the go, other goat. Yeah, and it's the greatest moment in Nats history. So hopefully that gets edged out for greatest moment in Nats history in the coming week and weeks with the NLCS yes, and World Series. All right, thank you for my sports fix. I'm a, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, letting me go there. Um, okay, so couple. Um, I said we're going to talk about the Gaithersburg Book Festival, which is your thing. I mean, this is this is your baby. It's my um, baby. It is your baby, and it's a great thing. And this year, uh, next year rather, it's going to be in a different place. So first, let's talk about the fact that it's your baby and, and what the book festival means to you and to the city. Well, yes, it's my baby. I came up with the idea for the book festival in late 2008. And then 2009, we started planning for our first festival, which ended up being in 2010. Mm -hmm. For those who are listening and don't know the Gaithersburg Book Festival, the flagship event is the third Saturday of May. Um, We do it in Gaithersburg. It used to be it used to be on Ga- the the grounds of Gaithersburg City Hall. Mm-hmm. Now, because of construction in Old Town Gaithersburg, and over the next two years, we're moving it over to Boer Park, right on right off three fifty five. Mm-hmm. And we bring in some of the world's greatest authors. I and I'm, you know, you're not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. You're not. I, I was you know, there. I can be a carnival barker, but <laughs> in this case, not in this case. I, I am not. I'm not exaggerating. They come and speak about their their latest work and sign books. We also have workshops led by professionals in in the industry uh, for aspiring writers of all ages. We have children's workshops. We have adult workshops. Uh, We have amazing children's activities. We call it the Children's Village, uh, where there are performances and readings and, of course, some of the the greatest authors in children's literature for, for your kids to meet. And it's free, and it's just one great, brilliant day of an outstanding cultural event. We have had more than 20,000 attendees at several of the wow. Gaithersburg Book Festival. This will be number 11 coming up on, on May 16th. And it's just, it's a wonderful day. You so, said yeah. 20,000? More than 20,000. And so the population of the city of Gaithersburg is around 60,000, correct? 70,000. 70. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at old numbers. I'm yes. looking at old numbers. So, but almost one out of every three. Um, people in Gaithersburg. I know people from outside Gaithersburg come, but that that's amazing. It is amazing. And yes, I mean, we, we get a significant chunk of, of people from Gaithersburg, but we get 
from all over the county and beyond. People from other states come regularly to our festival uh, because, again, a lot of times this is the only opportunity you're going to have to to interact with the, with some of your favorite authors. So, yes, I, I remember speaking to some people from Rhode Island just randomly. I just talked to some people at the festival. Oh, we're, we came in from Rhode Island because we wanted to see such and such. So it's great. How did you make it grow to, to this level? I, I mean, with all due respect, you, you made a, a really big festival in the city of Gaithersburg, Maryland. That's that's amazing. I got lucky. Uh, a, a lot has to some has to do with vision and a lot has to do with luck. Um, the vision is I, I sort of saw what the program could and should look like because I, I had great models looking at the National Book Festival, and looking at the Miami Book Fair. Right. But then it came down to people who could make it a reality. And I, you know, when we when I first came up with the idea, we we put out a press release and inviting people to join uh, a committee of people who would plan to the book festival. And some of those people from 2009 are still on the committee, have never been paid a dime for this, stay up nights to make our festival a success, go to Book Expo each year in New York City to to recruit authors. I'm just, I'm so lucky to have a great team and also our wonderful city staff. Not to mention the fact that we're, another advantage of being in Montgomery County is that there are so many great authors and journalists yeah. and educators living within an hour's That's drive. True. Like, for them, they were the original presenters I had in mind for this festival mm -hmm. because why not come, you know, drive over for an hour, spend an hour speaking, an hour signing, go home and have dinner with your family. How big a deal is it for, for some of these great sure. authors? Where, where it really grew was that people started coming in from other parts of the country and even sometimes Europe for to uh, to speak wow. at our festival. So You keep mentioning luck and lucky, but uh, the, one of my favorite quotes of all time, maybe you know this one, Branch Rickey, former owner of Brooklyn Dodgers, luck is the residue of design, which like basically that. means that there is no luck, that uh, you make your own luck. So I think the, the luck that you say is not blind luck, it's... it's uh, a byproduct of, of vision and, and a lot of hard work by yourself. Fine, and a lot I'll of take people. all the credit. Okay, do it, do it. <laughs> I am kidding. I'm giving you the credit. But thank you. Now, name some of the authors that you've talked about, some of the great authors you've had over the years. Well, um, we've had Alice McDermott, mm -hmm. uh, who lives locally and winner of the National Book Award, multi-Pulitzer Prize finalist. We, by the way, multi-Pulitzer Prize? Oh, my God. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Yeah. That'd be nice to have on your resume. Yeah. Not just one, but I got a few Pulitzer Prizes. Well, so. she, well, she was a finalist multiple times. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know if she finally won one, but she's she's been a, okay. a, in a finalist at least three times that I know of. Okay. Um, and John Feinstein, the great yeah. sports writer. Those were two that were like at our original uh, Gaithersburg Book Festival, the first one in 2010. We Madeline Miller, who writes this great series of where she adapts uh, Greek mythology into um, like historical novels, are amazing. Um, Anthony Mara, who's a winner of a National Book Critics Circle Award. We've had multiple Pulitzer Prize winners, National Book Award winners, uh, Newbery Medal winners. You know, uh, Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. Uh, this year coming up, I the first time it's being announced, we're having Linda Sue Park, who's mm -hmm. who's a major. Um, author in children's literature, you know, it, sports. We we've had some of the we had the guy who wrote Friday, Friday Night Lights, Buzz Bissinger. Oh yeah. We had last year we had Tony Massenberg and Walt Williams. Yeah, from, I was there for that. That yeah, was great. They, they were awesome. They were good. Uh, Itan Thomas as well yes, from the from the Wizards. Excellent too. 
And, we, his, and his son, he, his son impressed. He got yeah, up there so he, and read he, a poem. He read a poem. Yes, that was I impressive. Saw that. He's thirteen and he's writing and reading poems. I'm thinking, what have I done with my life? I can't, <laughs> I can't do that now. So not all of us have a Tom Thomas as a dad. No, we do not. No, we um, do not. We had the original MTV VJs one year. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep, um, we had uh, Judah Friedlander from Oh yeah, Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. Yeah. Yeah, who's we, a who's a, a Gaithersburg uh, native, right? Yes. Or, or, yeah, okay. he graduated Gaithersburg High School. That's right. Tayari Jones. I could go on, but we've had lots of amazing authors. Okay, who haven't you gotten? Who's your dream get or gets that you really want? I've always dreamed of Dave Barry. Ah. Uh, this year, again, another no one's heard this before. We're having one of his colleagues, Gene Weingarten from the from the Washington Post, is going to be at the book festival this year. That'll be great. We're, you know, we're hoping we can lure Dave Barry, who has a recent book out, and maybe he mm-hmm. would do a conversation with Gene. But I don't know. He hasn't. We haven't been able to lure him here yet, so I'm not. I'm not counting on it. You've heard it here first, Dave. Ba- no, I'm sorry. We're, we're, <laughs> but uh, that, but that's your that's your, your normal one goal to get him. That'd be great if you do. Um, all right. So you you obviously have a love of books. So how often? How many books do you read in a typical week, month, year? I probably read about 30 books a year, Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of them are based – a lot of the choices I make these days are based on who's going to be at the book festival because I I try to read as many of our authors' books as I can. Right. So it really takes me out of my comfort zone. I'm not only reading, you know, adult fiction and nonfiction – but it gets me reading teen, young adult, some some children's books as well. And I'm so glad that I do because there is some amazing work out there. And um, we're re- we're so proud to to bring these people in, these these just amazing writers. I'm guessing you frequent libraries probably I more do. than the average person. So without picking one, it's like asking your, which <laughs> your who's your favorite child. Tell me some of your favorite libraries and why. You know, some people think of a, a library as just a library, but I'm, I'm guessing that you have some favorites out there. Well, I haven't gone to I, – in fact, I haven't been to the Silver Spring Library yet. And okay. that I, I'm kind of – I say that with a little bit of shame. Put it on the list. Joe, you can, you can attest. Tell the, tell the, the listeners. <laughs> oh, he looks like – yes, a lot of shame, shame on the face yeah. right now. Um, but I have – I've spent significant time at Gaithersburg Library, Quince Orchard Library, and Rockville Library. I, I love the architecture of the, of the Rockville Library. It's hard for me to go against the Gaithersburg Library because – you know, not pick that as my favorite because we do events there. They have this – this terrific room on the a big room on the on the second floor where you can you know we've hosted an event with Frederick Forsyth and David Baldacci and we've had some good events there uh, and they're wonderful to work with so I'm I'm gonna pick Gaithersburg um, as my favorite but I do I really love being in the Rockville Library and the people at Quince Orchard are nice too they're all great they're all great and Anita Vasallo who's the head of Montgomery County Public Libraries is wonderful to work with. All right, so Little Birdie told me that there might be some book-related thing happening next year in Gaithersburg. Was it Little Birdie right? Little Birdie's right. Yeah? Um, yeah, this is this is a really good story. Um, so years ago, I'm not – probably mid-'90s, um, there was a young lady who, who went to Gaithersburg High School. Um, and her name's Janine Cummins, and she left the the area. You know, she went to college, and then she left the area to go to New York and work work in the publishing industry. And also on the side, her goal was to become a world famous author. Um, she had written, I think, it, uh, her first book was a memoir about 
cousins that had had a real tragic story, and I think it was very well regarded. I haven't read it, but there was a there was a she came to speak a few years ago at Gaithersburg Book Festival about a novel she'd written. She she's written a few. Well, anyway. She's got a new one coming out in January. It's called American Dirt. And I want everybody listening to this to remember the name American Dirt because this is going to be the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, book of 2020. Really? Um, yes. It's an amazing book. Um, I, I got a, uh, my hands on an advanced copy of it and read it. Um, it's a page turner. The, the story of this book is um, a lady in – a mother in Acapulco – who lives in Acapulco, sort of middle class – with her son and her husband. They're at a quinceanera for the, the lady's niece, and um, the son goes goes off to the bathroom, and he's taking a long time. The mom goes to check on him. At that very same time, members, assassins from the drug cartel come and kill the entire family. Oh my God. And they miss, they couldn't find the mom and the son who were hiding. They missed them, but the so the rest of the book. This is all. I'm not even giving this away because it's mm-hmm. like the first two pages. Oh, the wow. rest of the book is the mom and the son fleeing to America, mm-hmm. like trying to escape the clutches of the cartel. And they take a journey that's very much like the migrant journey that people typically yeah. take. Yeah. And it is an incredible page turner. And it is, it has, it's done so well that you, as a reader, uh, you know, we, we all see these news stories about immigrants, but we don't necessarily hear the perspective of the journey and what they've, gone through and what's brought them here. We sort of hear it from the perspective of American policy and this is, you know, we have to make this decision about asylum or not. This book is not political at all. Never mentions Trump, doesn't get into American policy at all. It's just the story of of these of this mom and this son trying to survive and get to America and it's fantastic. Stephen King blurbed this book and says, I defy anyone to read the first seven pages of this, of this book and not finish the book. Stephen, King. Stephen King's pretty good. Anyway, I'm, I don't want to monopolize the rest of this no, podcast, no. but, I, sounds but like a great book. it's a great book. So what we're doing, because Janine Cummins is a daughter of the city of Gaithersburg, she is, she is a graduate of Gaithersburg High School. She's got this huge book that is relevant to a city where roughly a third of our population was not born in the United States of America. They have their own immigrant stories. We are doing the for our first ever uh, citywide read. We're going to call it Gaithersburg Reads. And so what we're going to do is it's almost like a citywide book club. We're going to promote the book when it comes out in late January. Uh, we're going to tell everybody, go get this book and read it. You have until March 31st to get it read and then come to this big event we're going to have in the auditorium at Gaithersburg High School, which seats a thousand people. And we're bringing in Janine Cummins to discuss the book with everybody. It's going to be I'm hoping that people really buy into this and read this book. I think they're going to love it, and I think they're going to love the chance to discuss it with the author and sure. get their book signed. It's I just think it's going to be great. Sounds amazing. When did you say the event would happen? March 31st. March 31st. Okay. I'm going to put that down. Put Write that down. down. I'm writing that down right now Listeners, speak. please put that on your phone calendar <laughs> right, right now. That, and also put May 16th for the Gaithersburg Book Festival. May 16th, writing it down also, GBF. Yeah, I've never heard GBF. I like it. it. You know, it's big time when it has an acronym, right? Yes, KFC, GBF. I mean, that's big time. I have kind of a funny story about that too, okay. because 
we it's advantageous from a marketing standpoint to to get a hashtag. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, Gaithersburg Book Festival, GBF is going to be our hashtag. But what I found shortly thereafter was that it had been used as an acronym for Gay Best Friend. Really? Which I'm not sure okay. why that need like isn't gay best friend just best friend like why do you have right. to that's you know, true why do you have to label it so yeah. I'm as protest I am sticking with GBF Good. we're taking Good. over GBF all right <laughs> I did not know that breaking more news yeah <laughs> L- learning a lot today um, all right so you brought up the, the story in the book immigration so I, I I have to ask you immigration is a huge topic locally, nationally, internationally. So the question to you is how much of your time, how much of your day do you spend thinking about it, dealing with immigration that it, they're so, it's so controversial? The answer is, is um, more than you might think for a local yeah. elected official. Obviously, we're not setting policy at all when it comes to immigration. And Gaithersburg is not either authorized or does it have the resources mm-hmm. to enforce federal laws in in the city? But it's in, the reason why some of these things sort of enter into our consciousness and expand the scope of what a local elected official might think about is because when, for example, uh, the administration changes the rules about granting citizenship, and they say, "Well, it can't if you've been if you've ever been a public charge." I don't know if you've heard about the, the the recent controversy over changes in the public charge policy, but they say if you've ever been a public charge, you may not be able yes. to be granted citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, what is public charge? And right. and I guess if you with a real expansive, I think the the intent of public charge is uh, somebody who's like on welfare or or uh, just dependent on programs in order to survive, but. But I think the the administration's expansion of it could be construed to include any kind of benefit from a from a public program. So, for example, if you've if you've purchased or if you rent an MPDU, a, a moderately priced dwelling unit, like a, if you're participating in one of the city's affordable housing programs, would that count as public charge? In in other words, what I'm getting at, or if your kid gets a scholarship to be part of a city program, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden federal policy affects us directly because then we see a drop in the number of people who who need help, but they're not applying for help in the city because they're concerned about its impact on their their citizenship status. Um, Then it becomes a problem, a real problem for us, because those are exactly the kind of people that we're out there to help. Those are those are the kids we want in our programs. So, yes, it's it it does impact. We do think about it and um, it is on our minds. And because, uh, as you mentioned, City Gaithersburg is so diverse, I would think that you'd have to deal with that more than maybe someone who is in a town that's not as diverse. It is. It's exactly true. When the current administration, at the beginning of the current administration, we saw a drop in the enrollment in some of our parks and recreational programs because people, because we believe that some people were concerned that they there would be some sort of tie or or check on their citizens or their status and it could attract attention of the government. And 
you know, we spent a lot of time very deliberately trying to get the message out that, no, this isn't going anywhere besides the city. We want you to enroll in our programs. You're here. You're part of our community. All right. I'm going to do a little 180 here. There are a couple things that I didn't ask you about in our remaining couple of minutes. Uh, Rio, they had a grand reopening. Get it? Yes. Um, and, uh, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. brilliant. Did you come up with that? I, I wish I could take credit for it. In fact, when I spoke there, I, I congratulated their marketing team for that. Uh, that was a good one. Tell us what you can about uh, what the new Rio is going to look like. Well, Rio's already put in tens of millions of dollars yeah. uh, to to renovate their the current property. You and you could see some of it, particularly at night as you drive by Rio, because the, the the Rio building is painted differently and it's lit up differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of funny because as part of the grand reopening, they invited some people to repel off the top of that building. And mm. I was one of the people they asked if I wanted to do it. And I said emphatically, no, <laughs> I will not do that. Do you realize there are perfectly working escalators and stairs in that building? Why on earth would I want to repel? Um, this isn't Vegas. I mean, I don't, <laughs> but uh, a number <laughs> number of people did, including our director. The Rio is the Vegas of Gaithersburg, wouldn't you say? I guess. there's a, <laughs> If you're in Dave & Buster's, it yes, seems a lot like Vegas absolutely. in there. Absolutely. So that Dave and Buster's is one of the new things mm-hmm. you see in Rio. You also see they a silver a great silver yeah. diner just opened there. They renovated the movie theater outside. They did a lot of work to the area around the the lake, and they and mm-hmm. there's a, a new band shell which is beautiful. Um, it's Rio is a wonderful example of success in in the city. Uh, they have more plans that are going to come before us. I think they want to put they actually want to put some more residential and do some some uh, work on the area that's closer to Target mm-hmm. and where the Barnes & Noble is. Uh, you got some fun things coming up. I mean, uh, I would think this is one of your favorite times of year. You got uh, you got Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas coming up. So is is this one of your favorite times of year? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know exactly when this podcast drops um, as we as we as we speak here. Very soon. Okay. Like today? Uh, today or Monday. Okay, well, if it's today, then uh-huh. then I want to call everyone's attention to Oktoberfest in the city of Gaithersburg, uh, which happens on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, where we generally get 30,000, 35,000 people. And we have just this amazing large uh, event in Kentlands with great food and, and drink and, and um, performances and such. So Sounds please fun. join us. Uh, but yes, and we have uh, winter lights coming up in the city. That's always a good one. Always a good one. Yeah, this is a great time of year. It's so busy, but it's it's wonderful. So one thing people may not know about you, you're the mayor of the city, but that's not all you do. You have another job. I do. I do. I I have a uh, digital marketing company called Web Mobile Image, and mm-hmm. we, we design and develop uh, and host beautiful, intuitive, easy-to-manage, mobile-friendly websites. That's that's our, our the real crux of our business. We also do search engine optimization and social media marketing and content marketing. So, yeah, that's the day job. And and be, because I'm the owner of this business, it gives me – I get to give myself flexibility to leave the office periodically to do a ribbon cutting or to take a meeting or do things like the, you know, podcast. But um, – it's uh, we're doing great work. And so anybody who's who's interested, I'll take advantage of this and say webmobileimage.com. You look like you really enjoy being the mayor of the city of Gaithersburg. Am I right in saying that? I love it. It's it's an honor every day, every single I wake up and I just 
sometimes it's it's a pinch myself situation. You know, this is this is such a great city, most diverse city in the world, and, and you know. I did. I actually had the opportunity to be on a show on CNN called United J- United United Shades of America mm-hmm. um, with Kamau Bell, the um, comedian yes. slash yes. host. And you know, Kamau, I remember him asking me like, um, you know, it's the most diverse city, and yet, and he, you know, he didn't want to say it, but I said I finished the sentence for him. I'm the whitest guy you've ever met. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, it's true. And I, I just, um, it's just, I just uh, pinch myself every day. It's just such, it's so, I'm so lucky to have had this opportunity. And this is such a wonderful place. And it adopted me. I didn't grow up in Gaithersburg. It, it, I, I will never stop being grateful for how uh, Gaithersburg embraced my family and, I, and me when, when we came up. And I feel very lucky to have spent this time with you, Judd Ashman, the mayor of city of Gaithersburg. We could go on for hours, but we, we got to get you out of here because you have a high school football game to get to. Correct. So we're going to wrap this up. I want to thank you very much for being here on MoCo's Most Famous. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Joe. And thank you to Carolyn Raskowskis, as always, our superstar engineer and lots of other stuff. Ditto on that, too. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time on MoCo's Most Famous on Montgomery Community Media. 